a new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. How far am I willing to go to save my own life? My doctor cared about me, my medical team cared about me, but nobody was coming into my house and bringing food to my bed to make me feel better. I had to get up and take those steps myself. And it was like, how determined are you? How bad do you want it, honey? You know? And then I said, okay, I do want it. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> so I, can, I went after it. Cue music. Places, everybody places. We're starting in three, two. Welcome to the Autoimmune Hour, where we look at the rise of autoimmune disorders. I've brought together top experts that range from doctors, specialists, nutritionists, researchers, and even those recovering from autoimmune to bring you the latest, most up-to-date information about autoimmunity and how to live your life uninterrupted. Thank you for joining us here on the Autoimmune Hour with Sharon Saylor. Now, we don't want you to worry about taking too many notes, so you can join the Autoimmune Hours Courage Club, and we'll send you the transcripts and show notes from every episode. Sign up now at understandingautoimmune.com. Now, back to your host, Sharon Saylor. Welcome, everyone, to the Autoimmune Hour, Surviving to Thriving with Sharon Saylor. And I'm Sharon Saylor from SharonSaylor.com, and I'm so happy to be with you here on another episode My gosh, we're closing in on 200 episodes. I am just so honored and amazed and thrilled to be part of the Autoimmune Hour, to be able to bring you amazing people that I meet along this healing journey, this healing experience, as our dear friend Dave Dashinger likes to call it. And I just love, you know, how we talk about what we do is so critically important. I know that's why we're called surviving to thriving, because we're all thrivers here, right? Regardless of our diagnosis, regardless of where we are on that healing journey, it's critically important to be a thriver, have that thriver mindset. And I recently met somebody through dear, dear Dr. Partha Nande. He's been a guest on our show. You guys probably remember him. If not, check out his podcast. Actually, we're going to have to have him back because I'm thinking, you know, that's been about 18 months ago. Gosh, where does time go? Anyway, I met Karen Hoyt through Dr. Partha Nande because she is just awesome. She has that thriver mindset that we all love here. And, you know, she's had her own healing journeys. And She's on a mission to help others live longer, stronger. I love that. She's a teacher, writer, blogger, yoga instructor, healthy living coach, recipe lover, (laughs) great, all sorts of wonderful things she's going to share with all sorts of wellness tips. And she and I were chatting beforehand about one of the things that has changed our lives is how we look at food, how we eat and how we live our life. So I'm just going to introduce her and ask her to share a little bit about her story, and then we'll hear all about how we can live longer, stronger. So welcome, Karen. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you, Sharon. It's so great to be with you today. I love your heart, and I love your mindset. Oh, thank you, Karen. And that was, I think, why Partha thought, oh, got to talk to Sharon. Karen has to talk to Sharon. I think it's fantastic. So if you guys know of a great person in your life that you think what you want to hear on the Autoimmune Hour, drop me a note at understandingautoimmune.com, and we'll have them on, just like Karen Hoyt here. So Karen, you've got a pretty amazing story. Why don't you just share with us a little bit about it, and then we'll jump right into how you became a thriver and how diet and lifestyle changed everything. 
Well, I was moving as a typical baby boomer, moving into my golden years. And I was out walking with my girlfriends in the neighborhood and we had big beach bicycles and we had baskets on the front and we were just ready to move into our retirement years. I wasn't, I was in my fifties, but I thought that I was pretty healthy. I'd always taken good care of myself. I, I make a really good cinnamon roll and I'm a good cook, but literally my liver failed overnight. I was cycling along the Arkansas River one day. And by then I moved up to a three speed, but I was cycling on the Arkansas River and that night my body swelled double and I turned mm. yellow. Well, they put me in the hospital and they said, your liver's failing. And at that point, it was in August, actually, I just had my anniversary, August, 2010. They said, she won't see Christmas. I don't know why they always pick a holiday to put that <laughs> deadline. You won't see Christmas. That's just, it's terrified my grandkids. No Christmas. I think they were more worried about, great, who's going to make the cookies, you know? <laughs> Where are the good gifts coming from? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so at that point, I think he just began to throw everything but the kitchen sink at it. Because then it was like, literally, I got up and walked out of the emergency room. I had had a year of nursing school before I became a teacher. And I told the little nurse, I said, honey, I know the rules. And if you don't pull this IV, I will. I had hepatic encephalopathy. So not only was I robbed of my physical body at that point, mentally I wasn't good. And so I texted my family and said, I've escaped. They mixed my records up. And I literally ran to my car. Wow. And that's when took me back into the hospital. I mean, like I was booking it. I was going to outrun this diagnosis. And then when I was forced to face it, I mean, literally blood transfusions within a few hours. That's when I thought, I'll show you. You don't know. Literally, I said this to the emergency room doctor. He said, you have hepatitis C and you're dying. And I said, you don't know me. And awesome. he said, my sisters were kind of, <laughs> that, I don't know what it was that rose up. But that's when, and that was kind of my, my term. I'm going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at this. And we'll just, we'll see what works. And that's how I found my live longer, stronger motto and my nutritional ninja. I think all the little sayings that we make up in our head. I'm, an, I'm a former language arts teacher. I think we build a hero mindset. I think we see ourselves. We've got the setting of our lives. And here's our geography in the background. And it's set in Oklahoma. And here's this English teacher who started to be a nurse but couldn't do the math. And now look, here she's, she's moving up to the peak of her life, going to retire as a senior high teacher with teaching college classes, working with the, I, at that point I was doing Special Olympics. And I just felt like it was such a beautiful apex. And then I met the monster. And it was like, I pulled out all my weapons. Hero's journey, I'll show you, hero. Don't we all do that? Isn't that what we're, right now, are we all on a mountaintop with a sword of some kind in our hands? I absolutely did. That's why I relate to you so much, Karen, because my response too was, what? No, I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. My only thing was it took me three years to get off all of the meds and become completely symptom free. And I remember when I was doing this sort of I show you at the round of different doctors I ended up going to. I told the one that I finally chose to be part of my wellness team. She said, Sharon, get real. This is your life. And I said, no, three years, I'm done with this. Now, looking back, it took me three years and one month. And I going, why did I tell myself three years? I should have said, you know, like three months, I'm done with this. I'm, <laughs> I don't know if that would have worked. But it was interesting to me that I had said three years, I'm done with this. And it was three years and one month. And I was symptom free and able to get off all of the medications. Now, in all candor, they won't say I'm cured. And I always say, I don't care. I feel great. I'm a thriver. <laughs> you say whatever you want to say. I don't care. So let's talk. I love your story. You, your mindset, your thriver mindset is so awesome. My gosh. So you're doing great now with this Live Longer Stronger. Well, initially, uh, when I first went off my meds, so by November, I was still pretty much declining and I had end-stage liver cirrhosis. I, my, my liver was literally as though I drank my whole life really hard, like rock gut whiskey or something, which I've never even tasted. And so mm -hmm. I was very cirrhotic, and I had a lot of internal bleeding. And there was, oh my gosh, 35 or 40 pints of blood over. I mean, I was really sick. I was super sick. And, but I still had the hepatitis C virus, just like a lot of baby boomers have it. And so I got my MELD score, which is a liver score, down to the point where 
I was arguing with my doctors. I said, if you'll drop me on some of these meds, then I'll be able to get my meds score down and then you'll allow me to treat. So they did. They sent me to a transplant hospital for a workup. I really wasn't eligible for a transplant because I was sick and I had the virus. I like you. I was determined to get my meds down. I had a, I had a calendar I kept approaching my doctors with. So can we drop this one? Okay, let's watch my labs. Watch my labs. See what I'm doing? And I was able to get back into the classroom. And so a whole other area of this, you and I talked about how multifaceted illness is. I lost my insurance. So I worked hard to get back into the classroom so I would be insured. And then, and then I went at it and I was able to treat uh, for 48 weeks for the hepatitis C virus and cleared it. And then mm-hmm. I was back in the classroom just living with end-stage liver disease and getting a lot of surveillance done. But I was running again. I was cycling and I was living a, okay, I went to the hospital every three months. But I mean, at that point, if you're just breathing, you're like, woohoo. <laughs> Here I am, breathing again. You made it past Christmas, so woo <laughs> I know, one more Christmas. And, so, uh, and then it was during a regular surveillance. Well, so after I finished that treatment, I had oh, um, a box full of legal pads filled with notes. And I've always journaled. It's been a part of my spiritual journey and my physical journey on earth was to, was to keep, just to keep journals. My grandmother was a nurse, and she journaled. And so it was just a treasure for me. So here was all these words, and some of them were crazy, but I thought, wow, if I had those dark moments, maybe someone else will. And then I started the website. Then I began to connect with other people with liver disease, and pretty soon we had this little family. We were all kind of hunkered down, beating liver disease together. And so by the time I got a transplant, honestly, when they found the tumor, I thought to myself, they sent me from CAT scan down to the doctor's office, and my nurse, she looked up, I said, She said, oh, you've got a new haircut. And I said, I like yours. And she said, well, your platelets are really rotten. I said, I know. How's my hemoglobin? And she went, oh, Karen, it's a big tumor. And it had only been six months. And she, my nurse got big tears in her eyes. And I just, you know, that dread just washes down. The adrenaline, you know, just like everything just faded to the floor. And when my doctor came in, he was pretty emotional. And he kept saying, you know, maybe it's just this, maybe it's just that. And I said, just get me to CAT scan. So we did. And, but when I went into the CAT scan, what I thought was, honestly, okay, so I met MC Hammer in Boise, Idaho years ago. Long story. But when I was going into the CAT scan, they've got the IVs all hooked up. I was singing, you can't touch this. I don't know why that was the song that came through. And I just thought, you know what? Cancer can't touch my whole body. You can have that little portion of my liver and you can grow and you can swell, but I'll get a transplant. You will not spread. You can't touch this. And so I was kind of, and I was, that's how I went into CAT scan. And by the time I got back to the tumor board, I just said, let's get rid of this liver. Let's get me a new one. Let's shrink this tumor, keep it down, put me on the list. Let's, and I thought if I can get through this, boy, now my readers will really have somebody to follow all the way to the end. I just thought, uh, if you can understand that, because we'd gone on a journey together. And I thought, okay, now I can tell them how to beat this and how to beat that. And I thought, now I'll tell them how to beat cancer. So I didn't want to be the poster child for it. um, But I survived and I thrived. And so now cancer seems less scary to a lot of people, I hope. I hope that's what happens with the autoimmune as well, the autoimmune hour, Karen. That's one way we connected is because for me, that's all the reason I've done almost 200 episodes of the show is to bring people like you and doctors and other people who have gone through autoimmune and share their story that, look, it isn't, it doesn't have to be that death sentence. You can thrive regardless of your diagnosis. And yours was liver cancer and liver disease. And how many of us can relate? I mean, I can absolutely relate with everything you've said about the body language of the people giving you the diagnosis and, and how there were times I'm having to be the strong one in the room. Like, exactly. I appreciate yes. that my team, especially early on when I was at the sickest, I appreciate that my team cared. I really appreciated it. But I also, a part of me was like, 
okay, why am I having to cheer everybody up here? <laughs> I, know. I get that. I totally, when the receptionist came in and I said, and what are you here for, hon? And she just looked real shook. And she said, well, I'm going to see if your insurance company will approve a CAT scan. I said, good, good. There you go. Get busy. You know, was, come on, you can do it. Let's get that CAT scan. Because she was shook. She'd held my hand for three years. And yeah. I said, come on, one more, one more round with the insurance company, girl, you got this. We, it's like a little team. It's a little family that we have. What's cool is that uh, I still got. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Not a lot of the same people in my corner. I still, I'm in, I, I still go by every time I go to the hospital. I run in and they didn't have a big turnover. So I get to still see the same people. It's really awesome. That's awesome. And that's what I've, one of the things I talk about a lot on the show is find your team that gets you. I saw a lot of experts. I was absolutely blessed at the time of diagnosis to have people in my world that said, oh, you want to go to Cleveland Clinic and get a second opinion? You want to go to Johns Hopkins? You want to go to Mayo? I can get you there. I know, you know, I was absolutely overwhelmed and blessed with being able to choose from the best of the best. But that didn't mean they got me. (laughs) So as far as understanding, okay, I accept that right now my body is experiencing this, but I'm not accepting it as my future reality, that I, we are going to find some, something to do about it. And a lot of the experts that I ran into, I would hear, get real, Sharon. You know, this is the outcome. And I'm like, no, that's not the outcome. That's a stat. That's not the outcome for me. And I'm glad you say that because pick your team is one of the critical tips I like to share. Pick the team that you can talk to and that listens to you. And so often I've talked to doctors and they don't listen to you. And I'm like, mm, this isn't the one for me because they did not hear a word I just said. Well, and I know that a part of your, of your work is helping and coaching people and how to interview and how to talk to people. I think that's an important thing for an advocate to do is to say, hey, wait, when you go in and talk to your doctor, here's what to wear. Here's what to carry. Here's how to appear. And I coach a lot. My readers they're well coached and how to go in. Don't just go in there and start rallying that you're going to be non-compliant. You play oh. that compliance game and go and just play it all the way to the hilt and tell the doctor, yes, I'm with you. I hear you. Doctors want to be, uh, they want to, someone to be grateful for their education. As a former teacher, I'd go into these doctors and they'd spout all their stuff. And I think, and I would just, I would say to them, you worked really hard in school. I know you. I knew you your senior year. You were the good one. Thank you. Thank you. And I get emotional. I'm grateful to those people. Now, here's where I'm coming from, and here's what I've changed with my diet. Now, I've been meditating lately, and I've noticed this. Can we watch for trends in my stats? And they'd be like, okay. It's like a mutual respect kind of a thing started happening. And now I can be a little noncompliant but still fly under their radar. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. What is that old saying? You know, you'll catch more with honey than you will with with other things. You know, I think it makes absolute sense that, uh, and nothing is worse that if you see NCP, that means non-compliant patient folks. (laughs) If you see that on, (laughs) if you see that on your um, medical chart, that's somewhere along the lines you've crossed some line and that they're they're calling you non-compliant. But I also am a firm believer that you have to be able to know and set boundaries. There are certain medical professionals I went to that had very extreme choices for me. And I was like, "Mm, no, 
I don't think I want to remove that body part at this point in time. Thank you very much. And I went and sought other people that had less. Um, I wanted to take it slower. I mean, it was like from going zero to let's just take out that body part. And I'm like, hmm. I think I want a second opinion. And those are critically important, too, is to allow yourself the opportunity to get a second opinion. Because as a dear friend of mine, dear doctor of mine, who used to say, and this was about that surgery when I went crying to him, and I said, oh, my gosh, I just don't understand. Why do they want to remove it? And he said, Sharon, that's a surgeon's answer to a problem he cannot solve. We'll find another answer to the problem. Because we can always remove it when it comes, if it has to come to that. But let's see if we can find another answer. And I was just like, oh, thank you. I just didn't want to go from zero to 100 that quick. Yeah. Yeah, and it's back to that respect. I respect that surgeon, and that's his field of vision. And so I can respect that. But I'm looking outside, so I'm going to find those people who will walk with me, like you said, walk with me down that little... And I'm real inquisitive too. And so you have to be careful how you ask questions or you can offend doctors. And it's like, would you please help me to understand? <laughs> and then get, get, it's an educational process. And oh, I, I do feel kind of sorry for the doctors these days with the internet and, you know, people Google stuff in the middle of the night and you can find any kind of answer and take it into the doctor. I think we have to use a combination of knowledge and wisdom when we are trying to make these choices and advocate for ourselves and find the boundary. Oh yes. Dr. Google, you have to be so careful. You can just drive yourself insane. If you read all of the different symptoms or all the different outcomes or whatever, it's being so careful with where you put your time and effort in the the research. There are places that you can find quality research papers on the latest types of things going out there, but that doesn't mean that research is current medicine either. I think a lot of people get that confused too. Oh, well, what about this? Well, you know, that's in the early stages. That's not even available to us yet. Oftentimes I hear people talk about that. Yeah, I heard that a lot. Well, you're past that. Well, it's like cancer. It's like, okay, liver cancer, once it's spread to the liver, you're in trouble. But yours has started there. So now let's, here's the options. <laughs> and it's like, I was ready to get radical then. But I think too, so my doctor never knew what to expect because I did have hepatic encephalopathy. So he might come in one week and I am, I'm, I'm sitting up in an easy pose and I'm and I said, okay, I'm meditating 30 minutes a day now. My prefrontal cortex push-ups are like superior. I've got my blood, my blood pressure and my heart rate down. You know, I'm just, this is awesome. And then the next time he comes in, I might be citing some statistic from a, a peer-reviewed journal that I read. So he never knew what was coming at him. He, but he, he managed to stay respectful of me. And he understood that I was approaching this from a three-prong, you know, the psychological, the physical, and, you know, that emotional, spiritual part of myself. Absolutely. We need to take a quick commercial break. Life Interrupted Radio will return after these messages from our sponsors. It's great sponsors like these that keep this show coming to you every week. Be sure and stop by lifeinterruptedradio.com to learn more. Your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Hello, I'm Lisa Berry. Join me every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for Light on Living. A chance to see new, hear different, and feel more as I shine the spotlight on all the ways to lighten the load of life's challenges. Light on Living is your link to that new way you're looking for, that new understanding that will enhance your life, and that positive connection that will support your growth. So join me and you'll gain insight and start to see things in a new way that motivates you. Ohm Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Ohm Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Listen and imagine. It takes five seconds to send a text, and for those five seconds, you're driving blind. 
Life is worth more than a text. Stay alive. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Sharon, and of course you know me from here on the Autoimmune Hour. Maybe you don't know I'm also an author. My latest book is for kids. It's Pinky Chenille and the Rainbow Hunters, a winner of a five-star reader's favorite review. It's perfect for your early reader and a great bedtime story for your young adventurers. Check it out over at PinkyChenille.com. That's P-I-N-K-Y-C-H-E-N-I-L-L-E.com. See you there. Welcome back, everyone, to the Autoimmune Hour. I'm here with Karen Hoyt, and she's on a mission to help others live longer, stronger. And she's been sharing with us, she's been through it all. She is a survivor of liver cancer, as well as hep C. And she is a teacher, writer, blogger, yoga instructor, and healthy living coach. And she shares all all sorts of amazing ways to keep us being thrivers, including understanding how diet and our lifestyle play into our health or lack thereof. She and I have been chatting because one of the things we talked about was I too thought I was living a healthy lifestyle. She started uh, the story here with how she was out biking with friends, living a very healthy lifestyle. I too thought I was living a healthy lifestyle when I got my diagnosis as well. But before we jump right back in, Karen, what is uh, that? I'm going to mess it up. Hepatic. Go ahead. (laughs) Hepatic encephalopathy. And so specifically for liver disease, it's when you're simply put, your liver is a storehouse and it will, it will warehouse all your sugars and your proteins and your carbohydrates and it runs it through a system of filters and then it actually produces it all back into your bloodstream in the form of vitamins and proteins and energy. And when it gets plugged up, when the filter is clogged, then you're you get too much ammonia in your brain. So ammonia is a, is a byproduct of us breaking down protein in our body. And when your liver can't break down protein, you've got ammonia. So it's like being slightly tipsy all the time, but you don't know it. So you think that you're dealing with life just from the, your regular point of view. You can be totally irrational. That's the cruelest part of the disease. I talk a lot to caregivers who are unable to stand why their family members are so irrational and that's a, that's a really ugly part. But, and that's specifically for liver disease called hepatic encephalopathy. But I find, or I found in some of the things that I've read, that there's components of a brain fog. So you, if you've heard the term brain fog or uh, like a brain fatigue, it's the same thing. And I really believe if we, have, if we don't have good autoimmune system, if our autoimmune system's gone awry, if we have Crohn's, celiac, if we've got any kind of a, a gut problem, I think we can have that same type of brain fog, but we're just not very aware. Well, the interesting thing to me was the brain fog is very different. I had two things going on. One was caused by a side effect of a medication, and that was short-term memory loss. Very aware of that. I'm, I'm, I, I would hang up the phone and go, who was I just talking to? What did I just say I was going to do? That was mm-hmm. terrifying. But the other part, the brain fog the fatigue, all of that played into the restless sleep, the uncomfortable sleep, all played into this where family members, people close to me would be saying things like, are you okay? And that was my Mm -hmm. first sign that maybe I'm not okay. I learned to trust when they were saying these things to me instead of first arguing back, I'm fine. Taking that as a sign like, okay, something is happening that they're seeing that I can't see and brain fog and fatigue and um brain fog to me is didn't have anything to do with memory loss I just sometimes people kind of get those confused and it was like I thought I was remembering everything fine I thought I was on top and doing everything fine that to me was sort of the brain fog because I was totally aware when I had the short-term memory loss I knew that my memory wasn't working like it should so I know brain fog can show up many ways but just to that if your friends and family are saying things to you like, hmm, are you okay? Or what's happening with you today? Or something like that. Trust them because they're there to help you. Right. And it can really, I think that that hurts people's confidence so much because I lived, obviously, so my liver fails in August. I was getting ready to go back into the classroom in a couple of weeks, literally. And so 
I had just slowly begun to make more lists. My whole computer was covered with sticky notes. My compensatory skills had grown to where I had to take five steps to accomplish a task and nobody noticed because my outcomes were still okay. So I was just like working over time. And I think a lot of people do that. And we were blaming menopause at the time. My doctor and I were. But it really hurts me to see patients who are, um, or my peers who are sick, who are dealing with the brain fog, and they just think that they're incompetent. Well, I'm not able to hold down, you know, that type of work anymore. And it's so painful. I can just hear the... It's more than just being embarrassed that you've got liver disease or that your body's not working. Now your brain's not cooperating. And when people, you know, like it sounds like you had a good family support system. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I had a good family support system too, but even then, uh, it's, it's, it's hard. It's painful when someone's questioning you. It's like, just go sit down, honey. Just take your plate. I remember my sister at the last Christmas dinner before I got sick. Just take your plate and go sit down. What are you doing in here? I was flopping around in the kitchen. And looking back, it was really embarrassing for me to have to be told to go sit down. I thought, wow, was I just, was I fussing too much? Was I too, washing dishes? Or, and so uh, I think we get lost in that brain fog. It, that part, it really breaks my heart to think that people are walking around at about 75% of their mental capacity. And with the right treatment, they can come back to, to whole, to being whole again. Well, let's talk about the right treatment. We've talked about some of the scary stuff for a while here, but let's talk about the right treatment. I know that you are a huge, huge advocate of how diet really helped you and it helps a lot of people in your community. So let's talk about how diet changed everything when you started to uncover nutritional facts? Well, I think the first thing I did was I spent time literally in the, in the wheelchair at the, big, at the big box stores reading labels and finding out how much sodium was in food because my liver was failing and my, my kidney was failing too. And so I was swelling. And so when I started reading nutritional labels, I thought, wow, nothing. There's nothing I can buy. So I shopped the perimeter of the store. And that's what I came up with was shop, cook, and eat. If I couldn't cook it, then I didn't want to eat it. And if it was already cooked for me and all I had to do was heat it and mix it and pack it, that didn't work either. So everything had to be whole and fresh and new. And that was pretty, uh, that was a fun experiment for me because I've always loved produce. So I was fortunate in that everybody else felt sorry for me. And then you get a social, socially ostracized because I couldn't eat out. I had to quit eating out entirely. There was, I couldn't find anything for about the first six months. I just, I was scared. I, you be, I think you become scared of food and boy, you get radical when, especially when the doctor's saying you've got till Christmas. <laughs> so it's like no turkey for me. <laughs> so um, that shop cook and eat really did save my life. It cleared me of the brain fog. It got me off of all of the uh, diuretics. So I didn't have to, I wasn't gaining as much of the water weight from the sodium and it allowed my body to get rid of the excess protein. I started eating only proteins that were healthy only in certain amounts. It, once I started doing it, it was so simple, though. I, I tell people that, and everyone who's following it. But as a culture, we don't support shopping, cooking, and eating. We support eating out. My husband just said yesterday, we were out, and he said, wow, did you know that this restaurant will now deliver, I think it was a football commercial, will deliver fast food to your house? And so you don't even have to get up. You could, we'll, we'll bring you cheeseburgers and french fries. And so for someone with liver disease, it's like, oh, 
we don't need that. We don't need, we need the support that says, we'll bring you a fresh salad. (laughs) (laughs) So I agree. That was one thing that I thought I ate well, but a lot of the salads I was eating was at particular places where I didn't really control all the things that went into the salad, the quality, let alone the different ingredients, including sugars and salts. I was so shocked when I saw things that I thought were healthy, like a salad from particular places where it was a pre-prepared salad, how much salt, sugar, and other, even preservatives were in that Mm -hmm. salad. And all that time I thought I'd been eating healthy. That was a real eye-opener for me. But I agree with you. Once I learned how to do it, and what's interesting is I grew up, my mother cooked. I learned to cook. I actually cooked in 4-H. I, I think they still have 4-H out there. But I actually yeah. took cooking through 4-H and home ec when I went to school, so I knew how to cook. I had just kind of gotten lazy. I had gotten busy and, you know, busy life, mother and, and uh, a business owner. And you get kind of like, oh, well, this is just quicker but now, with the way that I've learned to cook now, it really isn't any quicker. And I know exactly what ingredients I'm putting in that are right for me. The part that I had a little bit of trouble with uh, was convincing other family members <laughs> that, no, we're not getting, going out and getting the fries or what, what have you. <laughs> that, that was a little bit where my, it took a little bit more encouragement, especially with the younger people in the family, to get them on board with some of the dietary changes. And that's where I just learned that it's, don't feel sorry for me. You know, you, yeah, I'll, I'll even go sit with you there. And I learned a lot of self-discipline just sitting in, in a restaurant and saying, I can't eat this. So I ate before I left and I've got a, I've got a bar. I would make homemade bars. I've got bars with me and then I'll eat that. And so I just learned in a way that it almost became like a game for me. And it's like, how far am I willing to go to save my own life? Cause my doctor cared about me. My medical team cared about me, but nobody was coming into my house and bringing food to my bed to make me feel better. I had to get up and take those steps myself. And it was like, how determined are you? How bad do you want it, honey? You know? And then I said, okay, I do want it. I do. I do. I do. So I can, I went after it. I think that's a critical turning point with a lot of people. For me, I had a critical mo- a couple of critical moments of, of, my recovery journey where I've had to stop myself and look myself in the mirror and ask myself that question. What are you doing? You know, how you, do you really want this? If you really want it, you need to go for it. And with my business success, I have to say that I applied a lot of those same skills, uh, you know, taking notes, writing things down, making lists, having goals, having short-term, what I call baby step goals, knowing that I made it this far and having little rituals and also little success parties. So when I got to certain places, I would treat myself, obviously not with a candy bar, but I would treat myself maybe to that new pair of earrings I wanted or, or some other thing that rewarded me. And that kept me moving forward was giving myself these little rituals and rewards as, as I hit certain goals. I think those are critical. We're big rewarders too in our household. Luckily, my husband works in the health food industry. Can you imagine that? And so it became for him, it became a game of sleuthing of how to get the reduced iron and the reduced sodium and all the things that were particular to someone who was as sick as I was. So I had that onboard support system and being a teacher, I could see some students would easily at the beginning of the year, I could just set a goal before them and I knew they were going to meet them. Others needed little steps along the way. And so I knew my own style of getting through things. So then that's kind of how I wrote my blog too. That's how I write my blogs is First this and then that and then this and then that and every step along the way now you've made it this far it's like you've made it to the first nine weeks and you've made it to you finished the semester look here you've almost got a credit and here we go and so that kind of became like I said it became a game and so the reward system was really big again I couldn't reward myself with food sadly it sounds really depressing but I still say I'm I, when I wake up in the middle of the night you know, and I still have some restlessness sometimes from the program and all the drugs, but I wake up and the first thing I think is, there you go, breathing again. Look at you breathing. Because being ushered into that transplant room, I, I dreamed about it. You know, I, it was a nightmare to think that they're going to cut you open. And, and that at that, at that moment, 
So just as a preface, an hour and a half into this eight or 10 hour surgery, the surgeon called my husband and my family in the waiting room and they said, she's at the point of no return. And it was understood, she's empty. And now we're gonna take this donor liver and see if we can't put her back together again. She's gone, Karen's gone. And now we're going to this brilliant team of surgeons and all the staff, just one piece at a time, put me back together again. And then, and so now every time I breathe, I'm like, oh, I just love those people. I'll tell you, they just lock the doors on that surgery room and whew, all kinds of stuff happens. It's miraculous what modern medicine can do. I've got a, my donor was a 17 year old boy and he weighed 200 pounds, over six foot tall. I'm five, five and I weighed 110 pounds at surgery. And so I came out with this big old rib cage pooching out over here. And so I still, he's just there. I, he's kind of shrinking to match me, but all I have to do is just take a breath and I feel my ribs dig into my guy. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm still here. That is crazy that I could do the right things to keep me listed. I could do all the right, take all the right steps. You have to have a compliance in order to receive a liver transplant. You've got to be doing the right things. They don't just give those organs away. You have to go through a lot of scrutiny and you have to go through scrutiny every three months in order for everything to be perfect because they really are careful with those transplanted organs. But when mm -hmm. I went into the surgery, I, I didn't really say goodbye to my family in that negative I might die sense, but I, uh, I, I went in hoping to come out. I'd done all my work with all my loved ones and we all knew where we stood with each other and I knew where my spiritual life stood, but I'll, I'll never be able to forget rolling into that room, looking at the, at the straps they were going to tie me down with and looking up at that anesthesiologist and saying, again, thank you for studying hard in school. You've got my brain for the next several hours. Keep the oxygen coming. Okay. You know, because he, <laughs> yeah, because I didn't want to wake up with like a no thought and, uh, and then to look at this beautiful team of people and, you know, even looking at you right now, because they did their job and because I did my job leading up to it and then post-op, I did everything I was, I was told to do and more because of that, I get to have this conversation with you today and I get to go have dinner with my husband tonight and I got to go see Wicked yesterday and all kinds of good things come because, because because we just, we kept thriving because I was resilient because I get knocked down, I'd get back up again. And I love resilient people. I love resiliency. That just bouncing back. That's just bouncing back. And that's, I think that's a critically important skill that a lot of people, sometimes it's okay to have those moments. You've heard Karen, you've heard me before say, we both have moments. We're not always the most resilient. It's okay. It's when you come out <laughs> when that moment, you know, you're like, no, this moment has to pass. <laughs> but it's not always. I remember one morning, just maybe a month or so before the transplant, they shrunk the tumor. They said it's grown bigger, and now you're got. We popped an extra tumor, and so we may have to take you off the list. But we're going to go in and shrink. And then I had a dry run. I was back up on the liver because I always have a backup. And then the other person got it because I wasn't sick enough. So they sent me home. And so. Because <laughs> within two days of that, I texted my daughter a quite a long text, and I just said, "I want you to know that I'm quitting cussing." And so, and then I waited to hear back from her because I knew it had been a rough week for my family. Mom's dying. Mom's getting a liver. No, she's not. They're going to shrink it. Wait, she's gone to the hospital. And I just thought everybody was on this roller coaster with me, and I didn't hear from her all morning long. And she waited till her lunch hour to text me back, and she said, "I didn't know you'd started." And that's when it. <laughs> hit me I thought I guess I'm just running around here kind of losing my head because I thought well I cuss at home so I just, just I thought I guess I'm not cussing I guess I am holding it together but point behind the scenes it was messy super messy at times crying and praying and cussing and you know not having any food in the house except that which would keep me alive and healthy and yeah, it's yeah. a it's a phenomenal experience to be sure Absolutely. We need to take one final quick commercial break. And when we come back, we'll find out more about Karen. This is just awesome, guys. Understanding how the healing process works from somebody who's really been through the process. <laughs> we'll be right back. 
Life Interrupted Radio will return after these messages from our sponsors. It's great sponsors like these that keep this show coming to you every week. Be sure and stop by LifeInterruptedRadio.com to learn more. Your conscious lifestyle on steroids. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Change and growth are part of natural life and also part of your spiritual life. Everyone needs support and guidance, especially during life passages. Upgrade yourself with the Ohm Times Experts program. With Ohm Times Experts, you have access to the best intuitive coaches, spiritual teachers, counselors, astrologists, and oracles. Our team was carefully selected so you can trust. Find out more at experts.ohmtimes.com. Grab a cup of tea or a glass of wine and tune in for inspired conversations with publisher Linda Joy on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Linda creates sacred space for leading female luminaries, empowering authors, heart-centered female entrepreneurs, coaches, and healers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A soulful venue where guests openly share the fears and obstacles they've overcome, wisdom and lessons learned, and the personal journey that led them to the transformational work they do in the world. Inspired Conversations to empower you on your path to authentic, soulful living. Research shows we apologize up to 10 times a day, and most of the time, we say sorry as a response to someone else's mistake. What if we thanked people instead of all that unnecessary apologizing? So instead of saying, sorry, I'm rambling, you say, thank you for listening. Join us at ProjectForgive.com, a free, non-religious resource on global forgiveness. Welcome back, everyone, to the Autoimmune Hour. I'm Sharon Saylor from SharonSaylor.com, and tonight we're talking with Karen Hoyt, and she is on a mission to help others live longer, stronger. And she's been sharing with us her journey through thriving with liver disease and liver cancer. And as you've heard, she just has this really upbeat and still yet no-nonsense approach to practical skills that you need to come out the other side full of health and resilience. And she has this wonderful spirit-mind-body approach, as you're hearing, too. And I want to wrap back around to things we were saying before we had to take that quick commercial break. And one of the things I wanted to chat about was this idea of it's okay if it gets messy. It's okay. You can always clean up the mess at some point in time. And Karen, you said you journaled. One of the things I like to do when I journal is I write on the right-hand side of the page, leave the left side blank, and then now it's a little bit longer. When I first was in the depths of the recovery phase, I did it more often. But I go and write on the left-hand side, oh, a month or two later, of what's changed. I read that right-hand page and I go, oh, okay, yeah, it was pretty messy now, then, but look here, this has changed. Okay. And one of the things that taught me is that this too shall pass. It and writing was the critical thing. I keep thinking, oh, I'll remember it. You know, four years into the diagnosis and I'm like, oh, there's so many of these things that I've just sort of said, yeah, don't need that anymore. And I don't remember it. But seeing and writing that this too shall pass was really helpful when I was in those messy moments. I just wrote that down. I'm going to steal it. I may, I may write about that because I think that's really powerful. Sometimes when there's smaller journals, the left page will be blank anyway. But I've got journals all the way back into my early 20s. And so that's why I hang on to them. And so I can go back and read where I was and how I've grown. But I think that I am... I am a spirit or I am a spiritually created or I just, I I picture myself as a spirit being, but I think it's so important. I think I was front loaded for this growing up in Oklahoma, you know, and under the shadow of the 
Oral Roberts Prayer Tower, whatever that means to anyone. So I was front-loaded for spiritual success. And so that didn't mean I had to buy into everything that everybody told me because obviously I do a lot of yoga and I, I quote a lot of Buddha. And so all those things are valuable. But I understood that I have a mind and that my mind doesn't rule me. I have a mind. I have a thought life. I have a body. I live in that body and I have a mind and they talk to each other, but I'm the ruler. And so through all of this, I, 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 I call myself the slob on the couch. So whenever I was really sick, I'd get into that one chair with the journal and your aching chemo was just, ah. so you're curled up in the chair, achy and awful. And I, I just, if my thought life would get ucky and I'd start down a trail, I think, oh my gosh, look at your thought life. And I saw the worst version of myself. I would just imagine her laying on the couch going, somebody bring me a pop tart. I'm sick of this mess. To heck with that chemo. And I'd go, no, 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 no. That's what you think you want, but you don't rule. I rule. And I'm telling that thought, you don't have any authority here. Get out. Those thoughts still came by. So I began to think of it as it's okay for the thoughts to fly over your head, just like a bird. But just don't let them nest in your hair because then they poop all over everything. And I didn't like poop on statues. And I thought, I just thought, no, I won't be, I won't be letting that nest here today. And so then I would say, this is my body and this is my mind, but I'm in charge of that. Mm. Maybe there was a bossiness, a boss. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I love the metaphor, <laughs> the idea. I'm not sure I'd want the bird nest pooping on my head or not. I'm trying to think of what my metaphor would be. I know a metaphor I used with the doctors early on was like, look, be careful with the word have. They would say, Sharon, you have dermatomyositis. I'm like, okay, but I'm refusing ownership. And they didn't quite understand that. So I used the metaphor of, look, I can have cockroaches but that doesn't mean I'm keeping them. <laughs> so that was my metaphor. It's like, I'm an exterminator, you know, okay, you just told me I have cockroaches and I'm going to, you know, get that out of my body. And, but I love this idea of you've got your own metaphor that works for you to keep you on track. I'd love everybody who's listening to drop onto understandingautoimmune.com. And in the comment section, of where our interview is playing, just drop us a note. What's your metaphor? I'm thinking this is so powerful when you come up with these stories that you keep yourself moving. Yes, and I think, I think that is a lot of it. I think when we engage ourselves in a storyline, and we're going to daydream. We just do. We are, the human mind is designed to predict. So we want to predict an outcome. Just predict a good one and go there. And so instead of predicting myself laying on the couch, dying, watching TV with a Pop-Tart hanging off of her lips, I would picture myself up cycling and running and winning a gold medal. I literally, I rode my bike in my mind over and over and over and over, all through the chemo. I rode it over and over to, in ICU. My pedaling feet were waking me up after the transplant. And so and a year later, I was in Spain cycling and winning a gold medal with my donor. I was so, I had practiced, I had practiced. I'm the fastest female cyclist in the world with a solid organ transplant in my age division. So wow. and I, I plan on going back. Yeah, yeah. I think That's those- um, high five moment there. <laughs> it was, well, I like to think, yeah, it's amazing. But I mean, I, I am powered by my donor. I think the visual- when you think about our dream life and our imagination and all the ways that our thoughts wander, and I know this because I know, like as a teacher, I learned that students' minds will wander in and out of the classroom. About once every three minutes, they might be paying attention. About once. So you've got 15 or 20 seconds out of three minutes that they're engaged with you. The rest of the time, they are in the car, they're in the hall, they're in the bathroom, they're sitting next to the person, you know, writing a note. And so I look at my own thoughts that way. And I just think, well, if I'm going to imagine, I'm going to imagine something wonderful. And I try to, I try to uh, move my thoughts. And that is wonderful. You know, there are a lot of studies out that show where athletes do the same thing, that they'll just imagine shooting that basket in their imagination on and, and showing that that is equally powerful to someone who's sitting there actually doing the physical shooting of the basket, making it into the hoop. I find this so fascinating that we can think ourselves well. 
as well. It, our mind is so powerful that we're able to engage the whole mind, body, spirit to make sure that we're thriving. And congratulations on, on the, what a wonderful award and what a wonderful goal. We're down to just the last few minutes. Tell us uh, any final thoughts that you'd love to share and then how the audience can get a hold of you, learn more about the Liver Loving Diet. Well, my website is I help C I H E L P letter C I help C.com. And that's where I've been residing for, uh, gosh, I guess it's been about six years now. And so it's just kind of been my whole journey, part of it. And I do put a lot about the spirit, mind, body journey. Well, when I first started the website, I needed a best friend who had been there, you know, the slumber party kind of friend, the kind of friend who would, you could call in the dark hour and you could tell him anything. And I didn't have that because every time I looked on the website, there wasn't anyone really blogging about hepatitis C at the time. And so I decided I'll be the best friend. And so I don't know if you remember that, but in school it was like, I'll be your best friend. And so I thought, I'll just, I'll just be a best friend to anybody. And if you get up and you get scared in the middle of the night, don't call me, but get on my website and I'll have something for you. I promise. I'll have something that'll tide you through the dark hours because I've been in the dark hour with you. And I wrote something down while I was there for you to listen to. So go get something healthy to eat and then log on. We'll talk. And I've had a lot of fun with the website. It's, it's really a, it's a unique relationship, just like with you right here today. It's a unique connections that we have with other people who are struggling and that we get to watch each other triumph uh, through, the, through the connections on the airwaves, pinging out to the satellite of, into the universe. And then someone answers back and they say, I get you. Oh, I'm there too. And let's do this together. So I'm really mm -hmm. grateful for you and your story. I'm really grateful that you use your business sense to accomplish all that you've done and to give people a platform to tell their story, you've kind of brought us all together like a huddle. And they're another metaphor, but you've kind of brought us all together at a huddle and people can come in and pick and choose what's best for them. And thank you for doing that. Well, thank you, Karen. That's very kind. How do people find your book, Liver Loving Diet? Actually, it's on my website. It's an ebook, And it was born because I didn't know how to add any more recipes. My website was getting too big. And so I didn't know how to add any more recipes. So someone suggested put it all into a Word doc that you'll have to write all this stuff. And so I thought, okay, I just, I worked on it the whole time I had cancer when I wasn't in the classroom. And I published it right after the transplant. And so it's a giant 60,000 word ebook. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's available only on my website. And it's an awesome book, guys, for understanding. Well, as she was talking about, one of her biggest challenges was how do we eat? It's got great recipes as well as I help and then the letter C. I'll have that there over at understandingautoimmune.com so you can see it spelled out. It'll be an active link. You just have to click on it. And you can find out she's got recipes that you don't have to download the ebook either, but she's got great recipes. And I, what I love about your site, Karen, is like you said, it's a community. I was reading a lot of the comments and everyone is so supportive, which is so wonderful to see a great community where people support each other, just like here at Understanding Autoimmune. I think that's what's critically important is, as you mentioned, knowing that you're not alone. That's always so helpful. Everyone, join me next week for another amazing episode. And, oh, before I forget, pop over at understandingautoimmune.com, sign up for Courage Club, get your transcripts. Um, not all of them are quite up there yet, but we're working on it. All the latest shows are definitely up there. We started a little, a little late, so some of the very early shows aren't quite complete yet, everyone. But if you want one and you don't see it there, pop me a note through the Contact Us page, and we'll be sure and get that one up higher in the queue. And... Let's see, what else? Oh, join us at Facebook, too. I love talking to everyone at Facebook. You can see all sorts of news articles we find and other people that we find that share great stuff is our, on our community there. And that's at Facebook, Life Interrupted Radio. You can also find it under the Autoimmune Hour. And everyone, have a great weekend. Whatever your adventures, join me next Friday night for another episode. And as always, enjoy. The information provided on LifeInterruptedRadio.com is for educational purposes only. What you hear, read, and see on Life Interrupted Radio is based on experience only. The information presented here should never be used for any legal, diagnostic, or treatment purposes. 
Always seek sound legal, medical, and or professional advice regarding any problems, conditions, and any of the recommendations you see, hear, or read here on Life Interrupted Radio. You've been listening to Life Interrupted Radio. To learn more, listen to other shows, and gain free resources that can help empower your life, be sure to stop by lifeinterruptedradio.com. Hi, I'm Sharon Saylor, best-selling author, professional speaker, and executive coach. And my life passion is empowering professionals to be the best that they can be. After years of working with professionals, I've discovered the seven things nobody is telling you that can cost you your clients, sales, and even your career. And I want to give it to you free. You've heard my show. You know my passion. And maybe we'll be working together sooner rather than later. So go grab this ebook now to find out the seven things that's costing you big time over at SharonSailor.com forward slash radio gift. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.